Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stack Office of Career Development's podcast, After Class. I'm Katherine Cambria. Today, I will be speaking with someone who not only graduated from Stack in 2016, but is even a professor at the college. Joining me here today is Professor Alyssa Hamilton. Professor Hamilton, how are you? I'm doing very well, Katherine. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It was a pleasure to meet you this semester for Advanced Fiction Workshop. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? You froze for Oh, sure. Sorry. <laughs> Zoom always has the tendency to do that. I, I said that it's a pleasure, it was a pleasure to meet you in um, Advanced Fiction Workshop. Oh, thank you. No problem. It's wonderful <laughs> having you as a student, so. Oh, thank you. And I mean, it's something, like I appreciate like Google Meet because then like I can see your face and it's something during this time and like, I'm so happy that I had the privilege to meet you, and I knew all semester, like with this podcast, that you're someone I definitely wanted to highlight on this, because I think it's so cool that not only did you go to this school, but you are a professor, mm -hmm. and um, I want to learn, like, more about you, and, like, why did you choose to study English and creative writing when you were a student at Stack? You know, it's funny. Um, when I was growing up, I actually wanted to go into the sciences um, until about probably middle school where I had a bad experience with a science teacher, which kind of ruined my scientific dreams. And so um, I'm someone who's always been a planner. So for about a year, I was kind of like freaking out and thinking, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do with the rest of my life? Mind you, I'm like 13 at the time. So just to give you a preview into how much I do like to plan. Um, but I ended up in eighth grade getting a language arts teacher and she assigned us to write our own short stories. And that was really the beginning of it for me. I knew that I wanted to study English and I wanted to study writing and literature from, probably from around eighth grade on. And I know that you teach advanced fiction workshops since I'm in that class. What other um, courses do you teach at Stack? So I've had the privilege of being able to fill in for your advanced fiction workshop, um, intro to creative writing, advanced nonfiction workshop, um, but more regularly, I've taught the 101, 102, uh, writing about world literature, writing about American literature, and writing about major literary types. So almost every class in the writing program, except for British Lit. That's one I haven't quite conquered yet. I'm sure these are courses that you've taken as a Stack student. What's it like to teach those same courses that you've taken? Um, it's really interesting um, because you get to really learn what a professor's take is on a subject. And one of the things that I love about um, teaching at Stack is that we have the ability to make our own classes and craft our own syllabi. So we really get to inject ourselves into our classes. Um, writing about world literature, for example, when I took it as a student, I took it with Dr. Charles O'Neill, who has since retired, but he was amazing. Um, and he took an approach of looking at fairy tales and I loved the course so much. Um, but my own approach is I take a focus on short fiction. So we read a lot of flash fiction, sometimes it's called sudden fiction. Um, and I also like to integrate a lot of graphic novels into my courses. Um, I find that students really like them and I like to kind of open up the conversation a little bit more to some newer forms of media that aren't quite as accepted into the canon quite yet, that really deserve to be. And speaking of those um, graphic books, I remember reading Mouse in high school, and that was a great book. 
Oh, mouse is fabulous. I think Dr. Schultz teaches it in one of her classes. And I think Professor Dent does as well. It's a, it's a fabulous text. After graduating from Stack in 2016, you pursued your MFA at, I don't know how to pronounce it, Reinhardt University, Reinhardt University? Reinhardt, yes. <laughs> Reinhardt University, awesome, okay. What value did attending graduate school bring to your career? Um, it brought a lot of levels, I think. Um, well, first, um, in order to um, be a professor at, um, at a college or a university, you have to have um, a master's degree or a terminal degree, a terminal degree meaning the highest degree in your field. So for creative writing, that is the MFA right now. Um, and so on one hand, it was something that I had to do. But on the other hand, it was something that I very much wanted to do. Um, it was going into that degree, I very much knew that even if it wasn't something that would help me professionally, it helped feed my passion and helped me really hone my craft. And I think that's one of the one of the better mindsets I think to have going into grad school is knowing that you're not just doing it for your own professional goals, but you're also doing it for yourself on some level. Would you say that in graduate school, there's a lot more experiences beyond the classroom? I think so. I think graduate school, it's a lot more focused than I, and let me say, let me kind of backtrack for a moment. So in undergrad, you have um, your, like your core requirements, right? That are beyond your major itself or beyond your course of study versus in graduate school, it's a bit more focused than that. You're really in, you're really like wading through your own subjects and your own passions, which is really interesting. Um, and I think that you get to see a lot more of different perspectives. Um, when I was in graduate school, I was, uh, my uh, particular program was what's known as a low residency degree, which means that most of it was done via online work, but then you would go to campus in this particular case once a year and you would have like a semester's worth of stuff in 10 days. And you would go to talks, so you would get to hear um, literary talks, you would get to hear talks from different publishers. Um, ranging from um, some of the larger presses to just um, smaller literary magazines that are attached to universities. You would hear talks about pedagogy, so teaching these sorts of things. You would hear craft talks. So you would get to have a lot more perspectives of the industry itself um, in that particular setting. And for anyone listening who's considering going to graduate school, what expectations should they have going in almost like, in a sense, how is how are undergraduate studies different from graduate studies? And you've touched on it before and how like graduate school seems to be much more concentrated. Mm -hmm. That concentration, I think, helps. I think the concentration itself points to it being more difficult. I think that's already an expectation that a lot of people will have going into graduate school is that it's not going to be easy. Um, but I think one of the great things about Stack is that I felt that it really did prepare me for my graduate studies. Um, all of the professors in the English department did a fabulous job in preparing me for what it took to get through grad school and be successful in grad school. Um, and also some of the other considerations to take into account. Um, I was lucky enough to really only be working part-time every other weekend in undergrad versus in grad school, I was working full-time. So the stress levels of trying to maintain um, the balance between school, which is still full-time and working full-time is difficult. 
um, even just at the added layers of technology, I think as we've kind of experienced for this own uh, particular semesters with between internet outages and things not being uploaded, um, that there are going to be a lot of different sources of stress in grad school, but you'll also find that the reward is even greater. Um, as lovely as it would feel to get an A in an undergraduate course, it feels all the sweeter to get higher grades in um, a graduate course of study, especially because it is your own passion and it is your own field that you're interested in. As a STAC student, what internship and work experiences did you take on? Um, so I mentioned that I worked part-time every other weekend. I worked in retail, which was Honestly, it was very helpful because I was very shy and it forced me to talk to people um, and it forced me to interact with a lot of different personalities and be able to mesh well with them and um, match whatever it was that they needed in a conversation or in a particular interaction, which is a skill that has really been helpful for me in um, my own uh, career goals, especially relating to being a professor. Um, one of a couple of the other things that I did as a student was that I was able to be the head editor of the Voyager for a couple of issues, which is Stacks Literary Magazine, which was honestly a phenomenal experience. And it was really great to see kind of the other end uh, of the equation, right? Because when you're a writer, you submit to publications. It was nice to be on the publication end of it um, to really see what it takes to start a, an issue from beginning to end in terms of how are you going to order things? Is there going to be something of a narrative? Um, how are all of these pieces linked, even though it's not a thematic issue? Sitting submissions is something that's really um, in the publication industry. And I think just putting it all together and having that sort of creative control and being also able to be an editor, right? Um, editing other people's work can be really rewarding and kind of helping them on their own journey to making them the best writers and making the piece as polished as possible. Um, the other experience that I had that was really, really helpful was I was able to participate in Stack's first Ignite seminar, which was the undergraduate my last thesis project. So one creative and one of the short stories from that actually went on to help me A, get into grad school and B, was a finalist in the Agnes Scott College Writers Festival contest. And my other thesis um, was actually a uh, critical thesis on American literature, which was also something that was very helpful for me because in my own graduate program, we had two thesis projects, which you get especially for my own graduate program and sort of understanding the expectations and the parameters to do this kind of work. Would you say that the projects that you took on for Ignite stood out out of all the opportunities that you've had at SAC? Because that's a that's great. <laughs> I definitely say so, um, because that particular research symposium, I think, is really excellent, especially if you really want to push yourself and get yourself to that next level. And I think it is a really good step towards graduate school, um, especially if you are considering grad school and you're at Stack. I highly recommend, no matter what field it is, um, I highly recommend taking part in Ignite and working on an independent project with one of your professors. Um, because chances are your professors are going to love it because they get to share their love 
of their craft and um, and their research with you and you get to participate and create your own research and really get into the nitty gritty of things that you'll be getting into in graduate school. And you've clearly taken a lot of steps, even when you were an undergraduate student at Stack towards your career. Um, would you say that part of the, as part of these steps, did you also submit your works to publications? I did. Um, I've, been, I've been submitting to literary magazines probably since I was a freshman. Um, to various degrees of success. Um, one of the things about being a writer is that you have to really be um, comfortable with being rejected because that's just part of the game. It's a numbers game. But I was fortunate enough um, the spring semester of my sophomore year to get my first publication in a new literary magazine called Wyvern Lit. And it was a flash fiction piece. And that one actually went on to be nominated for Best of the Net 2014 anthology. So it was, it was really cool. And I was able to be, um, I published a, a few things in undergrad, a few flash fiction pieces, a couple of pieces of poetry. Um, and that I think was also really helpful in getting me towards grad school, especially in an MFA program where it looks really nice on a CV or on a resume that you already have some publications. What literary journals do you recommend to stack students who are interested in submitting their works for publication? Ooh, there are a few. Um, honestly, it's kind of difficult to answer that question because so much of that depends upon the genre that the student is writing in. Um, for example, there are specific magazines that publish science fiction um, and fantasy where I've been seeing a lot of dystopian fiction in um, what students have been submitting to me in the intro to creative writing. Um, and also, I think, to an extent, in the advanced fiction, um, I've been seeing a lot of things, especially in your class, relating to romance, um, which is very interesting. It's kind of interest. I keep saying interesting. I apologize. But I think it's one of those words that's kind of caught in my brain right now. Um, but I think it's um, interesting. Uh, to look at and see kind of the parallel thinking that's happening among students in terms of what they're thinking about and maybe some of the anxiety surrounding the world right now manifesting in their work. But that's not answering your question. I'm sorry. Um, but I think it goes um, to say uh, you kind of have to really be aware of what genre it is that you're working with. Um, there are literary magazines that specifically publish undergraduate work. The names of them escape me at the moment, but I do know of an article that lists them, um, but I just can't remember the names of it right now. I apologize. Um, but that's a really good um, place to kind of look at. Um, and even, I mean, of course, the Voyager. The Voyager is an excellent place um, to submit work to because it's a publication and you get to really see the literary community um, thriving at Stack when you submit and you get to hold a physical book in your hand that has your work in it is just an amazing feeling. Um, so I definitely would um, say A, know your genre and B, look at things like undergraduate magazines because it's a smaller pool of submissions. So I mentioned before that publication is kind of like a numbers game. So because you have a more limited pool of potential publications, there's a higher chance that your work will be selected as opposed to a magazine that gets work from everywhere in the world, right? Um, so thinking about it in terms of a numbers game and pursuing those kinds of publications. 
I actually um, had an experience with a literary journal recently, a few months ago, where I had submitted work, I think it was last semester, for the mm -hmm. Oakland Arts Review, and I got an email out of the blue. <laughs> and it was so exciting. How did it feel when you got the news from these literary journals? I, I will never forget the first time that I was accepted. I was, so it was my second, it was spring semester of my sophomore year, and I was taking five English classes and four of them were like a 300 or a 400. So I was very stressed out. It was the very, it was towards the end of the semester and I was sick. So it was just kind of a, <laughs> a layering of just not a good day. And I was sitting in um, the classroom for the craft of writing English 208 to start. And I opened up my phone and I saw like that I had an email and I opened it and I just started like shrieking. <laughs> and the professor looked at me, um, uh, Professor Golland, who um, is not at stack anymore. I do believe she's at RCC. She looked at me, she's like, is everything okay? And I'm like, I just got accepted for publication. And it was just, it was incredible. I can't really describe just how amazing it is whenever you get accepted because it is, kind of a rarity when you're submitting to a lot of journals, which is something that you have to do to get that um, confirmation back and say, yes, we're going to publish your work. It's just, it's an amazing feeling. And it almost serves as like incentive to like keep writing and to explore more literary journals. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's something too, um, it definitely feels you uh, to keep on writing, but I also think that rejection does as well. Um, and I think rejection, one of the thing, ways that you can kind of think about it is that, okay, so this piece didn't find a home here. Because sometimes what ends up happening is that um, you'll get rejections that say, this is a great piece, but it's just not for us. So it's just kind of understanding that it's not that the piece is bad or that it's not publishable. It's just that this particular magazine has their own approach to what they want to publish and whatever it was that you had submitted just didn't align with that. And so I think having that particular mindset is going to be helpful, um, especially if you're a writer and you're facing a lot of rejections. Um, to just kind of keep in mind that every puzzle piece like has its own, I almost said cog, that's, I'm mixing metaphors a little bit, um, but uh, every piece has its own home and it has its own proper place and it's just a matter of finding it. I have to ask you, how does it feel to be a professor at your alma mater? It's, it's surreal in a lot of different ways. Um, I remember thinking, um, because I was, uh, I had just graduated from my MFA program and I was invited to teach um, the creative nonfiction workshop. And I was so excited for it. I was so excited to create the syllabus and like make my own classes. And I remember thinking at first, cause I was also very nervous um, because this would be my first class that was completely of my own design that I got to do. Um, I remember thinking, well, at least I know where everything is. Um, so that was nice. Um, and I think it's also been really amazing to be able to give back to the stock community in the ways that it gave to me and to help um, fuel the passions of my students and help kind of show them different ways of thinking about things, whether it's in terms of the um, approach that they're taking in their own writing or if it's through literary analysis or a combination of the both of them. Um, it's really been a blessing to give back to Stack in the ways that it gave to me as a student. I'm thinking of other professors who are in the English department 
at SAC, like Dr. Schultz, Professor Wendell, Dr. Rothschild, Dr. Murray. Oh, I think the computer froze. <laughs> it froze for a moment. It cut in and out. And I'm like, no. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> I'm thinking of professors in the English department at SAC, like Professor Wendell, Dr. Schultz, Dr. Murray, Dr. Rothschild, and even you mentioned who retired, Dr. O'Neill. What's it like to have professors who you had as colleagues? I think the first thing they're and that was, did it freeze again? Oh no. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't freeze. Um, but I remember the first thing that I think was interesting was that it was hard to call them by their first names at first. Um, because I just was so, in, it was so ingrained in me to call them doctor last name. Um, mm -hmm. So I think the first hurdle to get over was to call them by their first names. But I think it was also really interesting to be able to authority in terms of just my own academic growth um, from undergrad to graduate school and being able to come back and talk more in depth about um, different things, especially I think with Professor Wendell, um, because she she has an MFA like I do. Um, she has an MFA in poetry from NYU. And so being able to talk to her about our own graduate school experiences and talk to her about our own um, approaches to writing, especially because she's um, getting more into fiction now. And so I've been able to kind of talk more about fiction, be able to geek out with somebody about these things. And I think even just the phrase, like I get to geek out with people who were mentors with me, which is really an amazing experience. Um, and it's nice to be able to still have them be mentor, um, mentoring figures in my life, um, especially Dr. Schultz in particular, where she really took me under her wing when I was um, a student at Stack in the English department. And she was one of the professors who I worked with for my Ignite uh, thesis projects. She helped me with the American Lit project. Um, and so it's been really amazing to still have her as a mentor and as a friend in my life. And you mentioned that it's surreal to be teaching at Stack now. And I'm sure for them, it must be surreal that a student of theirs is teaching alongside them and everything that you just said about them being mentors to you. I'm sure they would be really touched by that. I, I think they know how much they mean to me, um, especially Dr. Schultz. I mean, everybody in, in the English department is just absolutely incredible. Um, and I, it's, it's, I wish that I was able to still take their classes. Um, I wish that I could relive some of it just so I could still be there and be in that environment. And that's also something too that I love about Stack is that the environment that it produces um, is really quite special. Uh, you go to other institutions and you really don't feel that sense of home. And it was something I remember when I went to Accepted Students Day way back when I was a high school student was I sat in the gym and I was, and I thought to myself, this really does feel like a place that I could call home. And in many ways, Stack is a second home to me. I agree. I love that it's such a small school. And that's a, that's a factor that really stood out to me when I was looking at colleges to attend. It, you just feel like this sense of family there. And the fact that you like came back to this family is so special. 
who inspired you to become a professor? It was actually Dr. Schultz. Um, when I first started at Stack, I actually came into the college as an English and secondary education major, um, but I never actually took any education classes. I dropped the secondary ed um, because I really wanted to pursue writing. And I reached a point, especially in my freshman year, where I thought, if I don't pursue an MFA after this, I just want to do this for myself. And if nothing comes of it, then nothing comes of it. And so Dr. Schultz was really one of those people that encouraged me um, to pursue my writing. And also I knew that I did want to be involved in education on some level. Um, and I liked that teaching at a college afforded you some more liberties, right? Especially in terms of even just looking at Stack, the fact that I'm able to craft my own courses. Certainly there are objectives that we have to reach, but the contents of the courses and the assignments and um, what a lecture looks like and what are the texts that I get to use. It's all my choice. And so that's one of the things that really attracted me about teaching at um, this particular level is that there's a little bit more freedom with it. Um, and I also kind of like how condensed semesters are, right? Um, I like that there's a bit more brevity to it. I'm, I'm fascinated with brevity on a lot of different um, levels just even in terms of literature. I have a whole spiel about flash fiction that I won't necessarily get into, but I like the contained nature of it. I like that it's a fresh start um, every single semester. And I also really like that I get to see familiar faces. Um, at The longer that I am at Stack, the more repeat students that I'm starting to see, which is really nice. Um, but there was just something about college that I really wanted to stay in too. And we talked about um, the environment of Stack. I love the environment of a college. There's something about it that is just, you can't replicate it. Um, and I think that that was one of the reasons too. I remember um, in her office hours one day saying like, I just never wanna leave college and this has allowed me to never leave. What advice do you have for anyone who wants to become a professor or anyone who wants to go to graduate school? Hmm. So if you want to go to graduate school, um, I think definitely taking advantage of opportunities like Ignite is going to be super helpful. Um, I think having honest conversations with your professors is going to be super helpful. Um, and talking about your own career goals with them and see how does grad school fit in that? Um, is grad school something that I need? Is it something that is going to feed me on some other level? I think that graduate school should feed you on a couple of different levels, not just looking at it in terms of your professional goals, but also in terms of your own um, personal goals, uh, especially for a degree like an MFA, right? Um, degrees that are more, um, that aren't, uh, that. Let me pause for a moment. Um, degrees that are more theory and not necessarily practice driven. Um, I also think that, hmm, I had a thought and it completely fled my mind for a moment. Let me see if I can gather it again. Um, and also graduate school is important, like you said before, in order to become a professor. Yes, um, it's something that you need. Uh, definitely to do. Um, and I also think if you are interested in becoming a professor, really getting to know the job market, um, academia is 
kind of very difficult to break into and to find things like tenure track jobs. So you really have to love your subject. Um, and so just kind of being aware of um, what the job market looks like. And even so, it's still, it's, it's difficult to predict, I think, especially because of the economic times that we're in now, especially in the middle of a pandemic, a lot of things are difficult to, um, to predict right now. But I think thinking about it in terms of how you want to feed yourself. Um, there's kind of this advice that you should do what you love and it will never feel like work. And to an extent that's true, but also recognize that it will be work, but it will just feel different um, because on some level, there'll be some form of enjoyment or there'll be some level of fulfillment that you'll find along with it. And like you said, if it's something that you're really, really passionate about, it will ultimately be very rewarding. And I feel like that rewarding effect is not only on the professor, but on the students who have the privilege to learn from that professor. Absolutely. And my final question for you <laughs> is for any of our writers out there who may be listening, what advice do you have for them if they want their words to be heard? whether that's publication advice, like what advice do you have for them? Well, first, um, I think the standard advice that every writer gives is that you should read a lot. Um, and I highly encourage reading. Um, and I think also reading a variety of writers and not reading necessarily just American writers. Um, I that's what also one of the reasons why I love the World Lit class is that you get to have access to writers that you don't necessarily have access to all the time. Um, so I think reading a variety of writers of different countries of origins, I also think uh, reading writers of different genres other than what you're looking at. Um, thing, right? Um, but Things like pacing and things like suspense, horror writers are fabulous at. Um, things like character creation and things like um, understanding dynamics between characters, romance writers are really good at understanding those things. And so reading um, a variety of things and also reading for craft, which is something that we do in that fiction workshop, Enjoyment that's associated with reading, um, but also kind of look at things in terms of the conventions of it, in terms of the different elements of fiction, even at a linguistic level. If a particular passage strikes you as being super well written, really look at it and see what the writer is doing. Um, in terms of publication advice, I would say there's a lot of research involved in publication. Um, and being able to articulate it is going to be super helpful for you because then you can kind of eliminate journals that don't necessarily fit. It is what you're doing. Um, I think that reading a lot of literary magazines, especially if literary magazines is what you want to be published in, reading a lot of them and helping support them is going to be super helpful because you're helping feed your community in more ways than just um, submitting your own writing. You're also getting to read writers that also may not necessarily be as well known. Um, I tend to really love like online indie magazines because they publish really interesting things that 
aren't necessarily as safe as some larger publications um, will publish. So I really love looking at some of the more underground um, literary magazines. Um, and I also think that, again, just knowing where your place and where your niche kind of fits in. And it's something that will take a little bit of time and that's certainly okay. Um, I think that, I think just really an, an understanding of who you are as a writer and where your place in the community is and finding community too. Um, Poets and Writers has a really good database of things like residencies and things like conferences, going to conferences. I highly recommend, I can't stress enough, going to conferences because you get to meet other people in your field. You get to geek out with them over different things. You can meet literary editors. That's how I was published in Stone Coast. A friend of mine went to um, a conference. He asked her if she knew anybody who was writing fiction. She passed his information along to me. I emailed him and I eventually was published in an issue of Stone Coast Review which is um, the literary magazine out of the University of Southern Maine. So understanding things like building connections and networking, which um, I'm sure that um, the Office of Career Development, I remember when I was a student, there were things like the mock interviews and teaching things about networking. I know Professor Elaine Winship has a course, um, Communication Skills in Business, which is honestly a fabulous course. Um, even if you're not, at, even if you're someone like me who was an English major, take that course because she teaches super valuable information. Um, because one of the things too, we can think of ourselves as writers as being artistic entities, but we're also business people, right? We also kind of have to be our own marketing um, employees. We have to be able to sell ourselves um, to literary agents, um, sell ourselves to literary magazine editors, um, to different um, publishing houses. So understanding how you can best sell yourself is also going to be super important. Absolutely. And networking is applicable to any and every career. That If there's anything that I learned like all semester with like meeting people like you and interviewing them, networking is like that common thread. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Professor Hamilton, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Oh, you're welcome, Catherine. Thank you for having me. And thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs>